Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You're tuned to live coverage of the 2023 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the Indiana Convention Center, site of the NFL Scouting Combine 2023. Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Steeler Radio Network with you for the next two hours and joined by uh, my friend Dale Lawley of Steelers.com and, of course, your host here on Steeler Nation Radio, SNR. Max Starks, the uh, sideline reporter for the Steelers, former offensive tackle, joins us for these two hours as well. And, Dale, um, I've lost count how many I've been at. It's not that it's many, 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 but I think it's been every year since year two of Mike Tomlin that I have been at the Combine. And I don't know how many it is for you, but you and I have been this doing is, this, this radio like a dozen for a while. for me, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting up there. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. And uh, a lot has changed from the Steelers' standpoint. Uh, no more Kevin Colbert as GM. Omar Khan, as everyone knows, is the GM. He was on the podium today fa- facing the national media for the first time as Steelers' GM. Of course, he has been to the Combine many, many times, as mainly as their cap guy. Um, but that has all changed, and he's armed with a, a new um, – array of uh, assistants and personnel people, and uh, much has changed internally with the organization hoping to change uh, the uh, what happened last year, this past season, with missing the playoffs for the first time in three years. Yeah, you want to change the outcome, and as he said when uh, when he was asked, uh, you know, what do you need to do? Win a few more games. Then he said score some points, too. Yeah, I think score, some, score more points, win some games, you know, that, all that stuff goes hand in hand. Uh, but I thought overall he was pretty optimistic about, you know, where the team is headed. I mean, if, if you look at it, you won seven of your, your final nine games last year. You were breaking in a, a rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, you went seven and five with that rookie quarterback as your starter. Um, you know, as he mentioned, the offensive line got better and better as the season went on. Um, the running backs got better. The, the defense got better. Everything was, was trending in the right direction as the season went. So, you know, I, I think any time you have a transition like the one that they have where you're turning things over to a new quarterback, as Max can, can tell you, it doesn't always go smoothly like it did for you guys in 2004. No, it, it's always a transition. I mean, and, you know, I was blessed and fortunate that when, when I came in as a rookie with Ben, you know, the defense was in place, right? You had a good defense. It was the offense that needed some tweaking. 
and, but it was an offense that could run the football effectively. And you had Tommy Maddox, a veteran quarterback, coming in. And Ben was literally – he started on the depth chart third on the depth chart going into training Correct. camp. <clears throat> and so – because you had, you had Tommy, then you had Charlie, then you had – Brian St. Pierre and Ben were kind of right there. And I would even say first day at camp, I think he was fourth. And then, of course, Charlie hurts his collarbone in camp, and that naturally moves him up. Right. But St. Pierre's in front of him, and you're seeing them duel it out. So it, it was one of those that it was fortunate when Ben came in how everything was set up for success. And, and he just went in, and then you were just like, whoa, this is an exceptional quarterback play. We, you know, because Ben was showing the stuff that we hadn't seen, right? Moving with his legs and being able to extend plays, be able to shrug off sacks, you know, you know yeah. things that would have taken guys out. So it was one where we just and, – and we didn't lose a game. After that second game of the season, we did not lose, and Ben was awesome. We're like, okay, well, this is, this is the future. The future's <laughs> here now. And, you know, Kenny didn't have that same kind of ceremonious entrance into the yeah. league. But you saw the skills. You saw some of the decision-making, and it was in contrast to who the previous starter was. They said, okay, we can work with this kid, and there's something to build. The defense went through his transition as well. So it's something that we're building on. And Omar in year one I thought did some great things to make sure that he bolstered that. I mean, the Chase Claypool trade. You know that was that was the CEO Jones. Somebody move, asked right? somebody <laughs> asked him if that you know if that trade worked out as well as you could have. It couldn't have worked out any better. No. I mean they get the first pick of the second round for it, which is still <laughs> which is actually the last pick of the first right, round right. because of the Miami. And uh, Max, situation. I will I will tell you, Kevin Colbert would have not made that trade. Yeah. And if he didn't make that trade, he would have traded for a player. He would have not traded for a draft pick. And I just think that's reflective of a change in how they think. Uh, Omar was asked earlier today about, you know, how, quote, aggressive he is. And he didn't reference that at all. He says he probably is. There's nothing that he would he will be afraid to do. I think that trade is a perfect example of, quote, his aggressiveness. Yeah, I, I, I concur with that because, like you said, or if that trade would have even been made in season. I think that was the other thing. That you make that trade absolutely. In That's kind of what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and so, so I think this is where you start to see the differences, and you start to see how this this department's also his personnel department has has expanded from what Kevin Colbert had. Now you do have some guys that you bring over that Kevin Colbert liked, but it's one of those things in their former Pittsburgh guys. But you've expanded a department that normally has you know four or five guys for this. Now you have seven, eight that are in that scouting side of it, that are in those personnel making decisions. So I think that's the other part is you're going with the current times, which is expanding what that personnel apartment means from, from when Kevin Colbert ran it. And, the, and that Monday morning before the Tuesday draft deadline, the Steelers started getting calls about, you know, possible trades. And, and they had several teams willing to trade for Chase Claypool and several who were willing to give a second-round pick. But, you know, whether it seems like a, a duh, no-brainer or not, Omar looked at the fact, okay, the Chicago Bears probably have the best chance of finishing <laughs> with the worst record than these other teams. We'll make the trade with them, and lo and behold, pick number 32. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it worked out perfectly. And, and uh, you know, that's trusting your, you know, your scouting department, your, not just your, your college scouting department, but your pro scouting department. Okay. You go and you sit down with those guys. Here's the offers we have on the table. Which one of these te teams is going to, you know, do you feel?
is going to finish. Need a little luck, too. Yeah, a little bit of luck doesn't hurt. Yeah. I don't think they or count bad, on the or, Bears or losing. Or what bad luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad luck. Who's the that? unluckiest of this group? I don't but think I mean, they if, expected if, the know, Bears to lose. What they lose? Eight in a row after yeah, that? Yeah, if, yeah. You're, if you're weighing it between, okay, you got we got the uh, you get the let's say it's the, the Packers were one of the teams and yeah. the Bears. Well, this team has Aaron Rodgers. Are they, do we feel they're going to turn it around? Yeah, there's some potential. There was a greater potential there for them to turn it around as opposed to the Bears, and so you make that deal. And you, you you kind of play those two teams off of each other as well. You say, hey, you know, we've got this. How about sweetening the pot a little bit here? You know, yeah. and and so you you know that's just all part of the process. And I, I thought he played it well. Um, you know, again, it worked out as well as you could possibly work out. And now the Steelers have the pick seventeen, thirty-two, and forty-nine in this draft. It, that hasn't happened in quite a while. I actually looked it up a, a couple of weeks ago, Jerry. I think you have to go back to. Uh, oh, now I got to off my memory i mean you're talking 20 20 plus years that they've had three picks in the top in the top 50 um it's it's been quite a while uh so you know you've got some draft capital in what you know omar said was a is a very deep draft that uh you know you can do some things with omar khan the uh, steelers i i'm hesitant to call him new general manager because he's been on the job since may 25th (laughs) of last year but this is his first to go round as gm at the combine, of course. Um, uh, oh, okay, uh, yeah, he's going to join us in. in uh, oh, he's going to join, join us, us now. now. There we and go. There he is. So <laughs> th- this this combine stuff is old hat for you, but it's a new new role for you and different. I'm sure responsibilities and a different agenda for you. Oh, Mark Khan joins us now on the show. Hey guys, how are you? Thanks for how having you doing, me. Omar? Thanks for having me. So uh, yeah, it's obviously exciting, Jerry. Uh, the role's a little differently, a little different, but um, I'll say. Uh, uh, yeah, I was around Kevin for so long, you know, 20-plus years, that it's it's just been natural. So I kind of knew what was to come. And, uh, uh, you know, Kevin did a great job of uh, helping me out and getting me ready for this position. I think this uh, – uh, well, not I think. You said this earlier when you were on the, uh, on the podium that this is uh, a dream come true for you. Dream right? Something true. you've always wanted. And I, you weren't talking about being on a podium for the first time. You were talking about being a Steelers GM. But just the, that experience and just, the, you know, everything that's been going on, like I said, the dream, childhood dream come true for you. Yeah, ever since I was a kid, you know, uh, when, I, when I realized that my path to the NFL wasn't trying to be uh, uh, Peyton Manning or Ricky Jackson or, you know, that wasn't my calling. Um, you know, it was more trying to be Jim Finks. And I, I just I, I loved everything about it, you know, watching Jim Finks as a kid and, Watching him ch- turn things around in New Orleans, it's just, it resonated with me. It just stuck with me, and that's just, you know, it's what I wanted to do. You know, my, my, my parents used to always ask me about being a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, and it's just, <laughs> no, nah, it wasn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Omar, earlier you, you talked about the, the, the depth of this draft and, and how yeah. if you're looking for certain things, you can find them in this draft. Having three of those top 50 picks, I mean, I, I, I've looked it up. I mean, it's been over 20 years since the Steelers have had three picks in the top wow. 50. Okay. Um, you can you can do some damage in this draft. Yeah, it's, it's really a great draft, so having those works. I'm, I'm excited to have those. Um, obviously, you'd like to be picking at the end of the first round and of every round every year. And well, you kind of are. Well, well <laughs> You're like picking to, 30 seconds. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. but um, you know, it, it's really a good draft, and it's, it's, uh, it's exciting to have those, uh, those picks. I think it um, gives us a lot of options. 
Yeah, and Omar, I, one of the things that I, I was very intrigued by, and you talk about your roots in New Orleans, um, you went to the HBCU Combine. Yep. So technically this is your second Combine <laughs> as GM. How was that process, seeing that talent? Because obviously not a lot of those guys are going to be here at the Pro Scouting Combine. How was that a, a, as a first introduction and what they're doing down there? Yeah, so you guys, you guys got to remember, um, I, Bill Nunn was a big influence on me. Um, and you guys know his history and uh, his history about identifying players. And, you know, he left no stone unturned. And, um, you know, I'm trying to take the same approach. And it was it was great to be down there. There are some good football players down there. Um, and it, it was good to get to see those guys, get to know some of those guys. And, and um, you know, hopefully uh, watch watch that combine grow and, and that week grow. Omar, it's been a busy off season for you. And you have uh, jumped right into it. Uh, you mentioned that combine. You're at the Hula Bowl, yep. uh, Senior Bowl. Now you're here at the Combine. Your objective is to get what? to know as many of these guys and identifying uh, Steelers. Um, you know, and I'm going to take advantage of every uh, every one of the every opportunity I have to get to know as many players as I can. Uh, there's a lot of good football players out there, and there's a lot to sort through. And um, you know, more to come. Dale would mention uh, the draft choices: three in the top uh, 49, two in the 32. And you come in with what you said earlier was comfortable salary cap space. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it sets up nicely for you somewhat in your first role, first year as GM going through this process, rebuilding the team. Yeah. Building well, the team. I, I wouldn't use the word rebuilding. I know. That's yeah, why yeah, I yeah. changed. I changed real quick. Shame on me. I'm going to be penalized now. What do I get fined? 20K, I think, for saying that. 10 if it's your first offense. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, no, it's, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that, you know, salary cap-wise, you always like to have, you know, a lot more than what you have. But, uh, you know, we're, we're not in uh, – we're, we're in decent shape. Uh, set the drafts, uh, uh, turn, uh, lining up to be a good draft. And, you know, there's some, some quality free agents out there. You know, and that process has begun. Of, uh, the evaluation of the free agents has begun. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. Still early. Now, you, you talked about on the podium you were asked about, well, you guys don't have to worry about quarterback this year, yeah. obviously. And how that opens things up for you elsewhere. I'm sure there's some other positions you feel pretty comfortable with as well, running back being one of them. Offensive line to a certain degree, would that be among that as well? I mean, do you feel good about that that group overall? You know, I mentioned it earlier. Just it was fun to see the growth of that group. Um, you know, where we were from the from training camp to where we were at the end of the season, like the old line group, it really it really grew week in and week out. They were just getting better. They were connecting more. It was just it was fun to watch. But you know, I'll I'll, I'll say regardless of, of position, any chance you have the opportunity to upgrade a position, you know, one of the rooms, you're going to do it. And, and you know, you were also asked about well, you spent all, all the, a lot of the the money last season was allocated for the defense. Well, that's because your offense was so young. Yeah, um, that's. You would think that would change as things, you know, progress, that, that you're going to identify some of those young offensive players who are going to get second yeah. contracts. Yeah, and some of that was just a function of where we were, like you said, with yeah. the young quarterback and, uh, you know, some of the other young players, where they were with their deals, and it's just a function of where we were. Omar, you were so active last year in free agency, starting with Mitch Trubisky mm -hmm. instantly. Uh, the two offensive linemen, Mason Cole, James Daniel, then uh, Miles Jack, Larry Ogunjobi, Levi Wallace. Um, that's as busy as you guys have ever been in free agency and spent the most money I'm sure you ever have in free agency. Would you expect to be that busy this year, or you don't need to be? Um, I don't know if we need to be, but, um, you know, we're always going to look at every opportunity, Jerry. Um, you know, you, you've known me for a long time. Like, I'm just 
any opportunity that comes our way, we're going to evaluate it, talk about it, look at it, and um, see if it makes sense for us. Omar Khan, the Steelers' uh, general manager. I always want to call you your new general manager, but you're closing <laughs> in on a year. Yeah. First time in this role, at least at the Combine. Hey, thanks for coming on. Thanks brother. for having me, guys. I really yeah, appreciate always it. Thank good. you. Always good chatting with you. Um, we're going to take a break, uh, West. Time to take a break? Yeah, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with more of our coverage from the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. You're listening to SNR. Live from Indianapolis, this is the 2023 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. Yeah, welcome back to the Indiana Convention Center. Jerry Dulac, Dale Lawley, and Max Stark. Steeler fans, all this week, you can compete in a special NFL Scouting Combine edition of Yin's Chat, the Steelers' official mobile pick'em game. Download the Steelers' official mobile, mobile app now and answer questions like this one. Who had recorded a better bench press when participating in the NFL Combine, T.J. Watt or David DeCastro? Answer trivia and make predictive picks about this year's 2023 NFL Combine each day for your chance to win an autographed T.J. Watt jersey. They do not give you the option as T.J. Watt, David DeCastro, or Max Starks. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be a good... <laughs> Is that for good question. reason? Yeah, I think that's for good reason. Uh my numbers were good. They I'm were, sure they, they were. They weren't that great. Uh, <laughs> long arms. This, this is not good for bench press. That's right. This That's what they good. always say. Huh? It's good for keeping guys like T.J. Watt away from away the quarterback. Away from the quarterback. Yeah. That's but exactly. But not for 225. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Should I should I ask you how many you did? Yeah, you can ask yeah. me. You're not going to tell me, though. 22. No, no, okay. That's right. representable. Actually, 20, 22 with your arms. Are, are yeah. Just, yeah, I felt really proud of it, even though – I know I did 25, but John Lott did not count three of mine. <laughs> so I, I, I'm still holding that up. If I see John Lott, I'm going to ask him, why didn't you tell me I missed one? So I at least got to 24, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. But he, but you do it, he doesn't say anything, and then when you finally rack it, then he says, 22. I'm like, whoa, wait a second, I counted 25. What? He's like, next guy. You're like, ah. He's <laughs> robbing you of three reps. The old days, know. but see, we could go back to the camera now because this is now televised wasn't televised. It was like in one of those little offshoot rooms, and you just had a bunch of, like, metal chairs sitting around, and all the guys that in, that are in your group just came in and sat and watched, and John Lott sitting there with a bench, and then the coaches on the other side. So it was a small event. But, see, the scouts got to see you do the 25. They did. I just hope they were counting. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Counting correctly. Like, yeah, if, you're, yeah, correctly. if you're watching yeah. it there, you, okay, it, you know, somebody gets to 20 and then struggles to get the last two up, you're going, okay, he, he did 22, but it wasn't really 22. Yeah, you did 25, but they got you only got credited with 22. Yeah. But it was so. So, yeah, so you know, I feel good about it. It's only it. been the last couple of years, I'd say three years, that we can actually watch the bench, bench press competition. And I remember the first time I watched it, 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 the only time, and the kid, there was the Bengals kid from Ohio State, the center, Oh, who um, ripped his Billy peck Price. doing yeah, a bench? Yeah. B- Billy, uh, Billy, yeah. Billy Price, yeah, Billy Price. yeah. Billy in a Keystone Rhythm band. That was <laughs> the um, uh, <laughs> that that was one of the things I witnessed. <laughs> he popped, and I go, "Whoa, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not going to be good." Yeah, that was, and that was actually one of the kids I was actually working with that year. Oh, is that right? Yeah, um, out in Arizona, he was out at OLP, and uh, and Billy. That was one of the things we're like, Billy, you probably shouldn't do the bench press. And he's like, no, 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 I feel good. I'm like, no, don't do the bench press, right? Because we knew that he that he had – it was something actually with his shoulder, funny enough. Yeah, is that maybe – yeah. Yeah, he yeah. had a shoulder issue, but then you're right, the pec pops. Then you compensate, because of the, yeah. yeah. you compensate, and we're like, we told you not to do that. <laughs> you yeah. still did it anyway. So. How many years have you been coming recently? 
This, this is this is my third combine that's, that's since what 18. I thought. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the second time working at, on the Steelers side of it. So go back to when you came and what it is now. The, the, this is. I mean, it, it, it's like saying. Hey, remember going to a farm as a petting zoo, and then you and then, <laughs> then you go to the World Wildlife Zoo, right? Yeah, you know right, what I'm saying? Like, right. it, it has blown up so much. I mean, this room right here, be, even being utilized, it was only utilized for just some of the podium stuff. So only half this room was used originally, and you didn't have as much media here. None of the stuff was televised, except for some on the field at the end of it. Right. And they right. only showed the highlights, really. So to see everything and everyone, to have that fan experience where you have a bench press stadium, um, it, it has grown exponentially since, since 2004. You know, Max, when I first came to the Combine, we were over at Lucas Oil Stadium. And in the hallway, I think there were two radio setups. Uh, you know, whoever it was, Sirius and somebody else. ESPN, maybe. Yeah. And then when we started doing it, we were probably one of – five maybe six in just the hallway outside the media room yeah now look at it now look at it yeah every well, team is here hey and it and used more. To be the rca dome when i <laughs> yeah that's right that's where it was that's right the astroturf baby you want to go on the astroturf so let me let me ask you this since you've been on both sides of this in terms and actually multiple sides of this coaching guys yeah. up to do this thing so d smith at the at the super bowl this year Goes on a, a, little, a little bit of a, a tirade. tirade about yeah. the combine, how yeah. he doesn't feel it's necessary, it's not fair to the players. What, what are your feelings about that? So I see it from both perspectives because also Troy Vincent also made his statement as well. So now you see it on both sides right. of the aisle having this kind of bipartisan agreement about it. Um, for me, what I like about the combine, I do appreciate that everything is on the same level right all 32 teams are here everybody's present accounted for everybody's going through the same medical i think the medical evaluation is probably the most important thing here without a doubt that's what that, this was, that was the for. original that, intent yeah. of the combine yeah. and but do i th- but do i think the on the field stuff i don't think that's the necessary part i mean i agree and i see the credence like do you want to make guys go through the medical process which which sucks but it's all this is the only way you get all 32 doctors together right all 32 trainers together to give their all their, their opinions. And you're making multi-million dollar decisions yes, with this. Yes, in this process. <laughs> Do I think you can move the pro days and regionalize those? Absolutely. Like the on-the-field stuff, because I feel like a lot of these drills are kind of antiquated in the process. Like, I, I agree, the wide receiver and quarterback drills, those are things, yes, you need to do those. Those are necessary. But some of the O-line drills, some of the D-line drills, like you can nuance those things. Do I think I think the bench press is probably one of the worst things here, um, just because football is not played from a horizontal position on your back. Um, you know, I feel like if you're going to use it, in some type of incline press, some type of squatting, because that's the strength that you need in those positions. So I think some things can be changed, and I think can be accentuated and changed. But the medical, I think I absolutely agree. This is the place. And they've been doing it for so long. It's a system. When you go right. into the Indiana health system, <laughs> like you say, hey, follow the purple it's line. It's like a Ford plant. Yeah, you follow the purple <laughs> line. Hey, 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 I got my. Hey, you have your files. Follow the purple line. Then get on the orange line. Yeah. Get on the orange line. They don't have that everywhere. So I think if you're trying to regionalize that aspect of it, that's where it fails miserably. But the medical eval is still the crucial cornerstone of this, and that's what guys are here for. And it's the stress test, right? It's the uncertainty. It's being put on the spot. Everybody can interview here. Everybody gets the equal amount of time. 
and I think that's the most important part. But the field stuff, we can, we can regionalize. I agree with regionalizing that part of it, but the medical is most important here. Yeah, the funny thing, too, about the combine, too, Max, is it can, it can harm the better players, but it yeah. can really help the lesser-known guys. And yes. so that's the delicate balance that you're trying to find. Yeah, and, and it's also some guys don't work well under pressure. Yeah. You know, some guys will fumble through an interview, right? I mean, we hear that. Even but that's with, something you might want to know. Yeah, you want you <laughs> You're going to have pressure in your NFL yeah, career. Exactly. And, and yet you, they're prepped for those interviews, too. You're prepped, and guys still fail I at know. it. I mean, I, trust me, I have to go through this process <laughs> every year getting our guys ready for the interview process. And the one thing I try and tell them, listen, guys, first and foremost, honesty and transparency. I was like, every question you're being asked – they already have the answer. They yeah, just we'll want to hear yeah, you right. say this it. This is like talking to your parents. Yeah, exactly. And they already know you were yeah, out last yeah, night exactly. and what you did. It's like, hey, how is your report card? <laughs> I already have the report card sent to me, but I want to hear you tell me what's on your report card. And so that that's one of the big – and then it's the confidence also because you think about some of these media markets. Are you going to New York, Chicago, media markets, the L.A. media market now – like, you have to be able to stand in front of, you know, a pit of vipers. So sitting in a room with the team personnel and answering questions should not harm you. But if you are that type of guy, that's something you want to know before you make that multi I would think, too, for, for a guy who has had a misstep in his past. Yeah. This gives you an opportunity to maybe not explain it away. Yeah. But at least alleviate those concerns. Yeah. You know, you, get, you, you have an operative, yeah, an, mm-hmm. a, a, you know, an opportunity to change the narrative a little bit. Yeah, I screwed up, but since then I've done this, this, and this. Yes. And it gives you a chance to account for yourself. Right. It's the accountability aspect that, that this brings into play. And, yes, it's under suboptimal conditions, but guess what? The season's going to be suboptimal for a majority of it. Like, right. you're not going to feel the same way week one opening day that you are week 14 <laughs> into, you know, a 2-12 two and, a two and a 12 season. You know what I'm saying? So, so you have to be able to see how these guys respond under those stressors because you're also counting on these guys, especially you think about day one guys, you're going to be leaders of men, and it's grown men. And can you, as a 22-year-old, for the most intensive purpose, obviously Kenny's a little older, but can you come in as a 22-year-old and fit in with a 28, 30, 32-year-old, Cam, 35, right? Can you fit in with these guys, and can you become a leader amongst well, men? And to me, that's one of the things when you're looking at the drills, the drill work. Who's, who's kind of taking the lead in this stuff? Who's who's the alpha dog in that pack? Yeah, who, who because who, you get a bunch of alpha captain. dogs out there. Yeah, and who's the alpha of the alpha? <laughs> right, right, right. You're yeah. trying to find the pinnacle guy and those guys that set the pace for the rest of the crew. Because here you're getting the top 300, right? Right. Whereas if we do regionalize it, right, it's going to be multiples. You get the yeah. small school guys now coming into it, so you kind of water down that part of the process. But here it's no, you're the creme de la creme. And who's gonna who's gonna show that they're they're the guy that's well, willing to guys, put his neck out there? You know, some guys are gonna go out there and compete. I yeah. mean, every, you're all competing. Yeah. You know, so okay, I see that guy make that throw. Well, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat that throw, or that guy makes that catch. I'm gonna I'm gonna top that catch. You yeah. know, whatever it may be. I'm sure for the offensive lineman, you guys are watching the. Yeah. Who, who did the bench press? <laughs> I got to beat that, you know. Yeah, and, and also even on some of the side-to-side drills, okay, he slipped there. I'm not going to slip when I, when, yeah. I, when I go through my side-to-side drill. You know, oh, he hit the bag that hard, I'm going to hit it harder, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And it just it continues to compound upon itself. And I think that's what the other thing is that, you know, you get that hidden gem 
because there's a guy like a uh, like a Cole Toner who comes out there and wants to be a leader. Or the kid, what was the kid from Whitewater, um, the one that had, like, the crazy, like, workout videos during COVID? Oh, yeah, 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 He's yeah, now yeah, with yeah. the Broncos. Yeah. You know, yeah, Quinn right. Miners. Quinn Miners. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, that's where you find those guys out. And, and, and then how they answer on the other side of this curtain. I'm pointing, but we're on radio. That <laughs> is where you have I do that all the yeah. time. I start explaining yeah. with my hands. The broadcast interview side of it. How do you handle yourself if you're on NFL Network, if you're on PFT Live, or you're in front of a podium and there's 50 microphones in your face if you came from a smaller school that You've doesn't – never had to do it. Never had to do this type of thing. How do you respond under that pressure? Do you stumble or do you just continually be calm and keep your presence? All of that is that pressure cooker that is the combine this week. Max, do you think um, that they'll ever regionalize it? And I say that because it just – it makes more um, – work if you will travel everything else for the teams yeah. and the teams if they're going to have it they like that it's all in one place at one time and that's it yeah i mean li- listen i mean you know how hard it is imagine imagine trying to herd you know over what 500 cats essentially is probably what you're trying to do into one place if we know the litter box is here you got to come here at some point right you right. know what i'm saying everybody's going to come come here but if you regionalize it now you don't get all 32 GMs like you're getting it. Now, granted, this year we're not getting all 32 head coaches. Sean which McVay, is crazy. Which is, I, I don't know I don't why Sean McVay that. wouldn't come out here. But, but Did that hey, last year, didn't he? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, But this is the mo- the highest concentration you can get because it's the same date every year. It's the same location. You can plan accordingly. And if you regionalize it now, you know, because here's the, here's the thing about the NFL, right? It's always about profit margin. How can we make this bigger, better? How can we get more ad dollars and and, to, and televise this. If you do that, you don't get everybody, right? You might get a head, uh, 16 head coaches that go to the southern region, and it's usually mo- probably most of the guys in that region and th- that division. Then you get a couple of guys. Who's going to the Pacific Northwest if you're not Seattle, right? Right. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, you're going to have to move it to somewhere else, and then it's like, well, if I went to the western region, why do I need to go to this Midwest one? Um, guys, are you're going to see a lot of teams start to separate. And I think it waters down what the intent is and the concentration level. So I see it possibly happening, but I don't like the fact that it will happen yeah. because I think you don't get the same quality here. Yeah, you don't get the same bang. There's no question. And I don't know that the owners would go along with it. Um, it's um, and, and, you know, I, this used to be the case not that long ago, and I don't want to speak for him. But the Combine is the NFL Network's highest-rated programming all year because they're all right here. And, you know, with fantasy football and everything else, it just grows and grows. People watch these drills. They want to know. They, they think they're kind of quasi-de facto GMs yeah. and, and or coaches. Yeah. But that's what people watch. It's, it's astonishing to me, but they watch. And I think watering that down to a degree takes away from that. That's why I don't think it will happen. Well, and – or the owners will want yeah. it to happen. Yeah, the owners wouldn't want it to happen. But where else can you have 32 GMs in one place that are guaranteed to speak? Yeah. You know, like it was funny. Walking over here this morning, I'm walking next to George Payton, the Broncos GM, right? If, if, I'm, do, if I'm down in the southern region doing this, do you think George Payton is probably going to be down there? And for Omar, Omar, is he going to make all four regional things? His schedule, he's got to worry about free agency, and now you're pushing the about. timeline. It just it, it doesn't make sense, and the owners definitely, I know, I know, don't want that because, hey, listen, especially for the Steelers, fly over here, and who else is going to have a better steakhouse than St. Elmo's? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. <laughs>
<laughs> and that's really what it's all about. Try and about. get a reservation in there this week. Yeah, exa- no, it's walk-in only at the bar. No. I, I learned my lesson last year. Yeah, no, no, I did get one, and I, I, I get one every year. It just I usually try and get it on Monday before they all get here. Yeah. Um, uh, but I've left that open, though, the last couple of years because, you know, the Steelers usually have a little get-together. So yeah. um, uh, the best I had this year was Harry and Izzy's. Which is where we're going tonight. But, there we uh, yeah, go. There getting into St. Elmo's. Is, Still yeah. got to get the cocktail. I mean, the cocktail Absolutely. sauce is the same. So that's right. That's all, that's all we're all here good. for. We're here for sure. Yeah, right. you got to yeah. clear your sinuses out. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with more of our coverage from the NFL uh, scouting combine all week long. Hey, you can listen to live coverage from the combine on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be live on Radio Row from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. all week. If you can't catch us live, you can find all the daily audio programming from Indy, including programs in their entirety and interview carve-outs on demand in the audio section of the Steelers' official mobile app. That's all all week long. SNR at the NFL Scouting Combine. We'll be back after this. You're tuned to live coverage of the 2023 NFL Combine on Steelers Nation Radio. Hey, Steeler fans, the Steeler media platforms are loaded with great Steelers Combine content all week long. Visit Steelers.com and the Steelers official mobile app to hear live and on-demand SNR audio content, exclusive one-on-one video interviews, with key decision makers and daily editorial coverage. The team also has great throwback combine workout highlights on current Steelers for you to check out. That's all this week on the Steelers media platforms. You know, when uh, Omar Khan, who joined us uh, earlier in this segment, uh, you know, he walks in uh, to this his first combine in this role, you know, with in pretty good shape. He has, Dale, he has three draft picks. Uh, in uh, in the top 49, 132 and 49, basically two number one picks. And he has what he calls comfortable salary cap space. So he's walking in armed with a, you know, pretty good array right now. Yeah, I know, you know, when, when the cap got set and everybody went, it scrambled and looked at, you know, the places where they have this spot track or, you know, over the cap and places like that, they look at, well, how are the Steelers? They have zero cap space. Well, there's easy ways for them to create cap space. Yes. Um, you know, if you release William Jackson, it's $12 million. Yeah. Um, you know, if you do simple restructure on guys like Minker or TJ or things like that, you can – I've, I've done the, the – the num- run the numbers on it. I can get the $49 million in cap space pretty quickly and <laughs> yeah. painlessly. Um, yeah. You know, it's not that hard to do. And so this isn't a situation such as, say, 2012 when they had to release James Harrison to get under the cap and things of that nature when, when the cap stayed set stagnant. And, and the beauty of it this year, I know, you know, Omar was asked about, you know, the, the restructures, how it kicks some money down the road. I think two years from now, you're, you're talking about a salary cap that's going to be over $250 million with the gambling money that's coming into the league and, and things of that nature and how the league is, is, is maximizing some of these potentials, some of the new TV deals that are kicking in. Like, it's, it's going to just continue to go up and up and up. Uh, you're not going to be a situation like you had from 2011 to 2012 where it, just, it, it stayed flat or what you saw during COVID where it actually went down a little bit in those years. And that's where you run into teams run into salary cap problems. Yeah, and those bumpers, um, you know, are put in place and 11-12 coming off of the lockout. Trust me, I was a part of that. 
and that, that that was that was a rough pill to swallow. Um, but you're right; it's grown so exponentially, and with the blow of DraftKings and everybody else and Daily Wager, and hell, we got we got an arena that's, that's sponsored by you know a gambling <laughs> site. So, you know, you look at it; the NFL's come so far in that, and I think that ability to create revenue structure now gives teams that can that gets kicked down the road gets smaller and smaller yeah because you know it, it's shooting up and the new television deals that are going to kick in are going to be astronomical um for these clubs so they're like okay we can go do this but you're right it's a good problem to have when you come in at zero <laughs> right because right. everything else it's not like a lot of teams that were 30 40 million dollars over the cap the saints right yeah you know they're like 50 million over the cap you're like how are we going to get there no, Steelers with no quarterbacks on, yeah, <laughs> no quarterbacks on their roster. And then you look at our quarterback room, right? This is friendly. A rookie deal and a, Very manage- friendly. And a manageable Mitch Trubisky contract. Well, that's contract. the thing. When people talk about, well, they have to release Mitch Trubisky. They don't have to release Mitch no, Trubisky. No, they don't have to, no. no, no. no. Their, their quarterback room is still going to be less than $15 million, no matter what they Oh, easily. Year. Easily, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. – I mean that's a bargain in, t- in today's NFL. You got guys making, you know, up in Cleveland, he's making fifty plus, fully guaranteed. And look what Lamar Jackson wants by himself. He's going to take forty yeah. percent of the cap if the Ravens keep him. And then what's Joe Burrow going to cost? Right. You yeah. know, so they're the going to get him done this year. In this small, take full advantage. That means you can now bolster everything around Kenny Pickett yeah. in that process. And that's where you know I like the questions you asked. How aggressive we're going to be in free agency, right? To continue to to bring in veterans to help bolster and help his process you have the ability here next year to do whatever you want do whatever you want and really get get set him up for success moving forward max when we talked to uh, uh, omar khan earlier not on the radio but when he met with members of the pittsburgh media he said he would like mitch trubisky to uh, uh he'd love to have him back he said he'd actually like to have him here for a long time mitch trubisky's under contract just one more year he will cost them eight million in salary, ten point six against the cap. His eight million in salary will make him, as of right now, the highest paid backup in the NFL. But you look at what Kenny Pickett's going to cost: say three and a half million. Now you get rid of Mason Rudolph's four million dollars. Um, they bring in someone else for a third guy. You'll probably be two million tops. So the quarterback room is very friendly. Um, it's just a question: Do they want to pay Mitch Trubisky eight million dollars as the highest paid backup? I think they will. Um, and because of what they saw, not only the way he handled everything, because he wasn't real happy the way it was handled earlier, but when he came off the bench, it was the best quarterback play they had all year. Okay, I know the three interceptions against Baltimore. I get it. But up and down the field the whole game, the yeah. whole game. And then, of course, um, Tampa Bay and what was the other one? Carolina, Carolina right? Carolina game. Lights out. Lights out. Lights out. I mean, watching that game, I was excited watching that game. I was like, Oh, th- this the ball is, never hit the ground. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> this is this is the guy that was supposed to be here week two, not, you know, yeah. in week one. Yeah. But you saw almost like you saw a weight lifted off of Mr. Bisky right. coming off the bench. And I think when you see that, and he's under 30, that's the other thing. You have a guy who can be with Kenny for a long time and them grow together. Think Ben Roethlisberger, Charlie Batch, right? You think about having a duo together that feels comfortable, you trust somebody coming to the sideline as a quarterback. Because remember, your OC is up, up, up top in the crow's nest, Matt Canada. So having eyes on the ground that can communicate with you right there on the bench is huge. And over 70 quarterbacks played this year. Yeah. Started at some point. 68. I think it was 68 starters over the course of the yeah. season. So and, and do we want to be in a San Francisco situation? Nobody wants We're, to be yeah. in a San Francisco situation. So I think having him and having that, he showed that goodwill that, hey, I can go pay $8 million for you. Because you've earned that goodwill. And we know 
that we're in a game if you're in the game. We're not worried about, oh, my God, are we going to lose this because this guy has to take a snap. You know, you have confidence, and he's a guy who's actually started and has has a winning record as a, as a starter still, you know, even though it's razor thin. <laughs> but that's what you want. You want that comfortability, it, it, so yeah, I it's, agree with it. It's not a luxury to have a solid starting backup quarterback in today's NFL, no. especially with, as you, you heard Roger Goodell talk about at the, at the Super Bowl, how the league is now looking at the concussion protocol, where if a yep. guy takes a hit, he ain't coming back, and it doesn't matter what position it is and, yep. and what, what your situation is on the, for the team. If your quarterback takes a hit and he bangs his head, he's coming out of the game, and he, even if he doesn't have concussion symptoms, he could still be told this, you're not playing. Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Yeah, well, we saw Kenny Pickett already Kenny. go down with that problem. You know, the Steelers have always embraced the idea, more so than most of the NFL, of having three quality quarterbacks. I mean, look back, Charlie Batch and, and Byron, Byron Leftwich. Yeah. I mean, that was always the case for the most part. So and we they're had to not go gonna, four deep one year. Part, yeah. <laughs> we had to go four deep with Dennis Dixon. Yes, yeah. and so. they're not going to have that with Mason Rudolph gone now. Omar said earlier when he met with the Pittsburgh media he has not closed the door on bringing back Mason Rudolph. I don't think that's going to happen. Mason doesn't have any interest in coming back and being the number three guy. Um, the other thing with Mitch, too, you talk about the 68 quarterbacks who played. What percentage, what number of those quarterbacks aren't very good, aren't good at all? And I, I, I know Mitch believes, and I think the Steelers know, that Mitch Trubisky could probably go to three or four teams with the right coordinator and be an effective starting quarterback yeah. based on what you saw. That's why I think he has only at best one more year here. But you never know. You never know. Well, and just think about this. If we're ranking all 68 of those quarterbacks, right? <laughs> and people do that. And people do, <laughs> yes, do they that. Do. They do rank all of them. Where do you think Mitch falls? I would put Mitch in the top, I would say, top 40. I think that, yeah, I think Easily. The NFL.com did that. They, they ranked every one of the guys who start, started a game this year, just the guys who started. I think Mitch was in the 30s. That's where yeah, I would yeah. put him. I would yeah. put him closer to 30 than 40. Yeah, yeah but Because I, was, I look at some of those other starters, Marcus Mariota and some of them. I mean, he is a better quarterback than I was going to say 35. I, I give him 35. So that's why I yeah. said top 40, making it nice and simple. Well, Jared, it's, it's like being yeah. a golfer. I mean, you could be the top 35 golfer in the world. That doesn't mean you're that's not going to win on Sundays. No, that's right. That's <laughs> but, right. But, that, but that's a that's great living. Reality. Yeah. That's a great living. You could be though, a top yeah. hundred golfer in the world and, and be real. I mean, you're one of the top guys, hundred guys in the world. It's your, it's your profession, but you don't make the cut every week. Yeah. Or you just yeah. go to the live and just take a lot of money. That's right. Take a lot of money and play three days instead of four. Yeah. yeah. Guaranteed money. Yeah. Contracts. Uh, yeah. So it's you know so the, we know what the quarterback room. If they bring back Mitch Trubisky, which I mean that's what their intention is. I don't see that not happening. Um, because of their salary cap space, Dale. When you look at the, uh, you know, where they are offensively, there's a lot of young talent on offense. But the question is going to be, do they? Would you? I don't want to say rebuild, restock, or would you go find a stud on the offensive line? Would you go find Max? Uh, excuse me, Marquise Pouncey, Max Starks. Would yeah. you go find David DeCastro? Because to me, that's what Cam's getting old. But that's what each line of scrimmage needs: a, a new stud. Yeah, they, they need a new stud. I think the stud this year needs to be defensive line just because of age. And you, you're still I'm with you there. And you're still chasing Stephon to it. Yeah. Is, yes, is, you are. I mean, and remember he how long. Th- he should be play, playing his year 30. You know, people, yeah. people yeah, want to talk about, oh, they let go of Jason Hargrave. Look, you can't keep everybody. They had to it. They gave him a nice deal, and you had yeah. Cam. You it's, can't it's keep Javon, everybody. Javon got $13 million a year. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't going to have $50 million tied up in your three your three defensive linemen right. in a 3-4 defense. In a 3-4 defense <laughs> that, you know, you're going to have to rotate one of them out on third down. You know right. what I'm saying? So you're not going to sit it on the bench. But I think you do need to go find that guy. 
um, for it. And then and then I think you can still find a stud offensive interior guy. You're not going to find Marquise Pouncey this year. But I think if you can go find a guy like a – I'll say this, a better version of Ramon Foster. Yeah. A guy who can be a linchpin and can start on either side of, uh, of the center for years to come for a decade plus. Or you find a guy like a John Michael Schmitz who can play – different spots i think he'll be gone before we well start. i think yeah, so as yeah, well but, yeah yeah but he, he, a guy he's like a dog that. yeah you could go find or the kid guy, from yeah. wisconsin or yeah you know. yeah yeah no no there, there's a lot of talent the kid from wisconsin i, I really like him. yeah i think he'll be around day two but that that i digress since we have to go to break <laughs> but you could play <laughs> yeah. a guy like that tip minute at, at garter center and again yeah. that's what dermani dawson did his first year yeah you know yeah. he played guard and then moved to center absolutely um less than two minutes if you had to draft on it on the first pick on the offensive line not the player position. Position. You want to tell me a player? Fine, but where would? Yeah, well, it was John Michael Smith would be the guy <laughs> I would want. I mean, that, that that that's the guy that's going to be a center, a center, center starting for the next 12, 15 years. Like he's that he's that good. He's a stud, yeah. He's that good. He's Creed Humphrey, who I really liked a couple years ago that people just scoffed at, and I'm like, no, Creed is the guy. <laughs> and look at him now. I mean, he started he started for Patrick Mahomes. Left-handed, my butt. He switched to right hand, <laughs> and and as a Pro Bowler. So yeah. Is that stuff a little overrated? Just a left hand, just a pinch yeah, up. Well, because most quarterbacks are in are in shotgun. It doesn't right. like okay. The spiral comes in a reverse. Still got to catch it. Still got to catch the ball. It's <laughs> still coming at you with a spiral. So I think that's that's over. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.